0: This works. Um, what is going on guys and welcome to today's podcast. I am here with Sky no, 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 We are going to be talking about the before and after photo and going a wee bit into depth about kind of ways that we can look at it a little bit differently and what happens beyond the before and after photo, what happens behind the before and after photo and just kind of different ways to think about it. So thanks so much for coming on Sky and nice to have you on.
1: Thank you so much for asking me.
0: So I guess so that the listeners have a bit of background to you, who you are and kind of like what what it is that you're about um, and yeah. some of them may already know if they follow you on Instagram or anything but mm-hmm. for um, anyone that doesn't can you just give us a background into who you are and how you get into the industry?
1: Yeah of course and um, so I have been a coach for I think it's like nearly seven years it might even be longer than seven years um, it makes me feel so old when I say that it doesn't feel like seven years do you ever feel like that like I still feel like Oh, I'm quite, quite new to, to this industry, but yeah. seven years um I've been coaching, and I started out as a personal trainer on the gym floor, um and then kind of moved through personal training into management, mentoring other personal trainers, and then I did my nutrition qualification with um, Mac Nutrition Uni, so I did that about three years ago, and that's kind of been what I focused on more the past few years, is more the nutrition coaching side of things, but I guess people kind of know that when they come onto my page that, okay, or they, they meet me like, okay, she's a coach. She fe- coaches just females, mainly nutrition. Um, but actually before that, I was kind of the polar opposite to what I am now. I guess I didn't kind of have an interest in sports. I didn't have an interest in health and fitness at all. And actually the reason I came into the industry or came into a more kind of healthful lifestyle wasn't the typical reason I think a lot of people come into it maybe with like an aesthetic goal maybe they just want to get like a bit leaner or they want to lose weight they want to get a bit fitter and um, mine was actually like a bit of a health scare um but it's got a bit of a funny story attached to it long story short uh, I was a bit of a party girl believe it or not when I was younger um and I just really did not take care of myself at all I was very much more bothered about my social life and just kind of having fun I was living abroad, working in Greece. Um, and I ended up breaking my hip while I was abroad. Um, and I can't really pinpoint how I did it. I was on a kid's scooter at the time. Uh, and I hit a drain. <laughs> and I just felt this, like, pain in my leg. And I was like, what is that? And I couldn't put any weight on it again. Um, so I went back to my apartment. And I was like, wow, I think I've really done something really bad. Like, I, don't, I don't think this is normal pain. I don't think i have just, like, you know jarred it or sprained it or something anyway i end up um, staying about another week to see if it got better and it didn't so i flew home went to hospital and they're were like we're gonna betray you i know you're 21 years old we don't think you would have broken anything it's probably going to be muscular anyway had the next day completely broken my hip
0: my god i yeah. felt weak as well
1: yeah yeah, you know, yeah already like, started mm. to
0: calcify it already started to kind of repair itself
1: oh yeah so i'd like I had to get taken onto the plane in a wheelchair and everything, and Mum had to pick me up at the end. It was it was funny looking back at the time. I just remember being in so much pain, but still in my head, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just trapped a nerve. It'll be fine. Um, but then I just got treated like this freak show. The doctors were like, "How does a 21 year old break her hip?" And it was basically down to the fact that I just was living such an unhealthy lifestyle. I had basically given myself osteoporosis at 21, and I had brittle bones. So they think that it's just kind of like wear and tear and uh, just that little bit of kind of impact broke it. So then that was kind of like my uh, kick up the arse shall we say? And I thought, you know what? You really need to sort your life out now. 21 years old and you've broken your hip. Yeah. And that's when I, that was when I kind of got into, okay, right, let's start eating a bit better. Let's start going to the gym. Like I had no interest in kind of losing weight or anything like that. I didn't want to become like a power lifter. I literally was just like, what can I do to kind of make myself a little bit more robust, shall we say? um but then obviously you start exercising you start eating well and I just felt like a different person I think when you're in that rut of eating processed food all the time drinking alcohol all the time not getting much sleep you don't know how different you can feel because you've always kind of felt that way yeah so when I started to kind of become healthier and I was like oh my god I feel so much better and that was the thing that kind of spurred me on and a byproduct of that was I actually did you know end up gaining a bit of muscle losing a bit of weight and then came all the kind of compliments around that I'm like oh you look so different you look so healthy whether that's right or wrong is kind of a different conversation that we'll probably have later on yeah um so that was when I thought do you know what if me of all people if I can do this and change my whole lifestyle and change all of my bad habits and you know feel as well as I do and perform and you know function as, as good as I do compared to what I did uh, six months a year ago that honestly I think that anyone can and, and I kind of want to be the person to help people do that so that's when I went and did my personal training qualification went and worked in the gym um, and that was kind of the start of my foot into the industry really and I think back then i I kind of was quite similar to what I am now I was more about you know mental health physical health it wasn't really about the way that people looked but the more i started working with people the more i kind of found that people were just coming to me because they wanted to lose weight lose weight lose weight yeah. and it was always about how people looked yeah and um, and that's when i kind of then went down the route of okay maybe i should try and set myself these goals and i set myself goal of competing in bodybuilding and then that's when the kind of problems came yeah. up for me personally so that was kind of the start of my journey
0: yeah yeah and i guess it goes to show like um because I don't know, you can you can let me know, but although you were you were drinking and, and all that um and not living a healthy lifestyle, you you weren't like massively overweight or anything like that then. No. So I guess it shows you that even though someone isn't massively overweight, there's still huge health implications and complications if you're not looking after yourself. So just because outwardly you maybe don't look obese or anything like that, or whatever way you want to look at it. Yeah. There could be a lot more going on. And I think this is where I don't know if you have some clients and just like, oh, I just want, it's not as if they've got. So you have a couple of clients. So I'll have clients that come to me and they've got really kind of poor habits or poor relationship with food and themselves. Yeah. And, and as a result of that, years of having that relationship, they are quite overweight. And it's something that we really need to, to battle as a longer period process. And then you have other clients that will come to you. And they're maybe not, but they've still got that really poor relationship with food. But because they're maybe only a few kilos or a few, a few pounds overweight and in the grand scheme of things, they think it's not that bad when actually internally, they probably feel horrendous and their sleep's terrible and their recovery recovery's terrible. And they're just normalizing, as you say, that way that they feel. And then until they actually realize that they could feel so, so much better They don't even think about it. And then one they have to actually almost experience it. You almost have to come from a a place of pain to to then almost be the catalyst to then start you. I think sometimes you need that or you need at least a new perspective.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's a really good point because, you know, I don't think people would have looked at me before I, you know, when I was drinking all the time, not eating very well. I don't think people would have looked at me and gone, she's unhealthy. Like she's sleep deprived. You know, my markers of health were obviously horrific because I given myself brittle bones and then I went to the other extreme and when I went through bodybuilding I looked like you know our typical fitspo now looked like what you see on Instagram you know I was probably single digit body fat had quite a lot of muscle you know looked at it, quote unquote toned, was training all the time people kind of glorified what I was doing but again I was just another end of extreme unhealthy I wasn't sleeping. I was overtraining. I was underfueling. I'd lost my period. And again, you know, people looked at me and thought, "Wow, you know, I want to be like that." And 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 me at that time, I was all obviously glorifying it too. Yeah. I wasn't really being as forthcoming about it. And that's kind of you know what I'm trying to undo now. Is not only the things that I have glorified or the things that I haven't been so upfront about, but what everybody else—not everybody, but a lot of people in our industry doing now—is you know, not being quite as honest as they should about what it's taken them to get to where they are now, or what it takes them to maintain where they are now. So I think this is a really important message. If anyone's listening, is you know you you've seen all the movements that are going around now you've got health every size and all that and and I do think parts of that is really great because you can't look at a body and know whether it's healthy or not you don't know the context of that person's lifestyle you know someone could be in a kind of bigger or overweight body and actually be quite healthy and have better habits than someone that could be in a more you know socially acceptable body that people think oh she must work out or eat well and actually they just run on fresh air, you know? So that's yeah. quite an important thing that I learned um and have learned through for seven years of coaching different women.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that's so like I think a lot of the time as as like personal trainers, everyone, it's just it's dead interesting, obviously, when I do the majority, not every single person that I get on is a coach or a PT, but the vast majority of them are and I get them on for kind of different reasons. And uh, obviously it's just good to to hear everyone's not that there's a good situation that happened to you, but at the same time, something good came out the other end of it. And yeah. um, it's just good to hear someone. Everyone's kind of journey. Everyone goes through that kind of journey, and like you yeah. have, you have to accept the fact that. And I guess that's something to do uh, that can go on to your next point in terms of like w- the industry. Like we start looking at things about the way that the industry is. I think right now the industry is a big, a big kind of tagline for for everyone is like. 90 days or six weeks or eight weeks or whatever. And yeah. um, I, I, I make clear now and I used to do the 90 day thing. I still make 90 day goals, with my clients, but yeah. um, I make clear from the get go, the absolute minimum I'll ever work with anyone is six months. And that is because even though in 90 days time, you can really physically transform. There's a lot of mental aspects of it. The amount of times I personally and clients have personally rebounded and then mentally yeah. that's affected them so much whether it's even, it might not even be through the capacity of bodybuilding or whatever. Like whenever I've yeah. done photo shoots, that's when I've taken a massive rebound because of that huge shift. But even when people just lose a couple of stone to feel a bit better, there's a huge rebound again, because yeah. as soon as you go from a hundred percent tracking everything, doing this, this, and this, and then you drop it, it's that zero to hundred mentality. I was just literally just off the call about an hour ago with a client and um, he was just, he's just down, down. And he's just feeling as if he needs to pull back completely and I said to him listen like you were operating at 100% couple of things changed that you could not control, let's now operate at 60% for the next month and get comfortable with that, we we can't always just expect like everything to go really well or wait for a pocket of time where we need to push on and and push like to, to then get the maximal fat loss result there mm-hmm. is times and I think that is really where you get that long term result being able to push and pull back, in terms of the, the state of the industry do you feel as if that's potential problem
1: yeah definitely I think right now as opposed to when I first started I think um it was rife with things like that it was you know challenges cash challenges transformation photos um I feel like bodybuilding was maybe more popular back then I don't know maybe maybe I just don't move in those circles as much anymore but you know everything was about this kind of fits but this aesthetic look and getting results as quick as you can I feel like now we've kind of got these two different camps because now you've got all these kind of anti-diet people that are like you know you should not diet if you diet you're a victim of diet culture and you know making people feel guilty for wanting to change the way they look which is just wrong if you want to change the way you look you have every right it's mm-hmm. just you need to be doing it for the right reasons so you know you've got this camp of like anti-diet and you know health at every size which I think aspects of that is great and then at the other side you've kind of got like the kind of bros, you know, all those kind of old school coaches that are still doing these 90 day or 60 day transformations. And they're forcing people to get these huge transformation photos, but there's no aftercare after that. And it's like you said, it's so extreme that people kind of have nowhere else to go afterwards, but to go downwards because they've got this extreme result from these extreme methods, but no one said to them, you know, this is not normal this is how we're going to maintain results or you know this is just for an end goal a photo shoot or a bodybuilding show what we then need to do is safely bring you out of this because where you are now is not sustainable no one does that so I kind of like dubbed myself as the coach that kind of picks up after other shit coaches because I have so many women come to me that are like oh my coach left me on 1100 calories and two hours of cardio a day and I can't stop binging at the weekend I'm not sure what to do and it's like wow why would you leave someone in that kind of situation? You know, you are supposed to be leaving people kind of better off than when you found them. Like if, whether that's mentally, whether that's with their relationship with food, whether that's with their knowledge of training, that doesn't have to mean you pick up a client and then six months later, they look totally different. They don't have to. So I feel like you've got these two different camps and then there's no, you know, coaches like yourself and me and the the other guys that we kind of were with um, at the mental health event a while ago. You were yeah. there, weren't you, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a second, guys. <laughs> were well, you not there? They got mixed um, up on or something. Yeah, like yeah, you. yeah. But those kind of coaches, we're kind of sitting in the middle and it's not very sexy and it's not very exciting. I think sometimes we feel like we're being drowned out by these other two camps, but actually, like, we're going to be the ones that grow and move this industry forward, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's it in terms of, like, how the industry changes. Like, you need to have people challenging it. And I think sometimes yeah. people... And this is, this is a big thing. It's maybe slightly off topic. I'll try and bring it back in quickly. But I think with regards to the, the mental health side of things, like there's a, there's a big de- kind of debate where, um, and you've probably seen this when, when Dan done his presentation about like PT staying in their own lane, this and that. But I think there, there's a map, like, if, if it was all just about, and like to quote James Smith, uh, a fucking calorie deficit, I if it guess. was just all about that, then everyone would be walking about Like six packs, feeling feeling great. It's there. There is so many. Yes, you you can't negate thermodynamics or calories in calories out. But that doesn't matter. You you need to look at other people's situations and things. And do you know I've only started really being really empathetic in the last probably two years, right? Since I shut my gym, um, because I've I've now got a desk job. Like I'm an online coach. I've got a desk job. I'm, I'm due a, a baby, or we are due a baby in five weeks' time. Um, and Congratulations. Can, thank you. And we can see the fact that, or I can see that now that firsthand the problems that clients have. So it's like um, someone posted something like this today. It's like, obviously, um, I guess like the because like my, my program is called Live Leaner 23, the Forgotten 23 Hours. So it's around the fact that there's 23 hours past the gym or past the workout, um, but then the, the coach that had posted this Instagram Reels video, it was about um, stop talking about we've all got the same 24 hours in a day. And I was like, is that, is, is that me? But it's not like he's kind of speaking about more about the people that say, like, you can do it. We've got the same 24 hours. Yes, yeah. on paper, that's true. But when you've got kids or you've got a job and you still need to look after your kids, the pockets in which you have time to do the things. Yeah. are really, really difficult. Doesn't mean it can't be done. It just means that it can't be done the same as you're relating to a PT who fits in their sessions between their client yeah. sessions and works out the clients and whatever. And this is why I think a lot of the time we have this, like we idolize these people that we see. And then all of a sudden you actually realize, well, why am I not, why am I not looking like them? Because you, you have nothing relating to them at all. So you need to have exactly. someone I think that you relate to, or at least has been in your position before to have that
1: authenticity on you go, sorry. No, no, I just, that's exactly it. And I guess that kind of goes ties in with like the bros of the industry because that is exactly what they're doing. They're just spitting out, you know, calories, spitting out the same training programs. They're not individualizing anything for anyone. And it does make people feel inadequate because they're like, well, you know, this client's smashing it. Well, that client's a 21 year old that's at uni that doesn't have a job, that doesn't have kids or any responsibilities. Yeah. and has time to cook all their own meals all day i'm a 32 year old that has three children and has a full-time job and you know the two aren't comparable but you're going to feel like you're the one that's a failure and then the self-sabotage comes in because you know well they're doing it why can't i, I must be me i must be broken i'm always going to be xyz way so yeah i think it's really important that the context is there um, yeah
0: yeah 100 i definitely think that that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge factor and i think um I would actually I will speak about it later. I think there is obviously a grey area there where people can of yeah. uh, go, well, I've got all these things and play victim a wee bit. Yeah. Uh, rather than take ownership of the fact that well, no, if no one else changes it, you're you are you are it's not going to change. So yeah. um, so yeah, so here we've got before and after photo. Um some so for those that are listening versus watching, obviously this is the, the video part of it's just really from a cl- uh, client lab. Um the this that this podcast will just be up on uh, Apple or Spotify. Um, so for those that are just listening, which may be the majority of you, um, the before and after photo, there's there's two pictures here of, of Sky, both very different before and after photos. Um, one, are you like under 10% body fat? And, and one of the ones there, like the third photo in? Um, yeah,
1: that was that was about a week or so out from a bodybuilding show
0: yeah so you can see the, the kind of huge difference so that and then the other photo on the, on the right hand side um is just you looking um obviously healthier by no means um, overweight by any means and then that in the, the left hand side you've got a photo um which you're kind of posing leaning back a little bit getting some yeah. angles and then one where you're kind of it, like like kind of letting it all hang out, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, relax. <laughs> um, and I think that that's kind of I guess showing the kind of like that Instagram versus reality sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. In terms of the before and after photos, I think this is obviously the main topic we've kind of veered off and tangent, but that's what podcasts are for, isn't it? Um. <laughs> is the pros and cons of it like obviously we've kind of you've went we've went to the extremes in terms of like idolizing things or whatever but like Mm -hmm. there obviously can be pros to having that kind of metrics and accountability there for for before and after photos how do you feel as if it can be looked at differently if a coach or whatever is to still do before and after photos so that they get the result of their client
1: yeah that's a good question um and i and i i guess i'm not i'm not against before and afters but we we've had this conversation before i just think we, as an industry, need to stop using that as our sole selling point. That is not like, that's not all our services. We're not just churning out before and afters. And as much as people think that's what they want to see, I don't think they really do. I think the problem is, is when you post a before and after, you are effectively saying that the before is bad, the yeah. after is better. And then you have somebody that might be looking at the before thinking, fucking hell, I wish I just looked like the before. Yeah. like what's wrong with that now I feel even worse in myself so I think that can be the damaging part because you don't know who's going to be kind of coming into contact with these before and afters um, and it's not always going to be someone that's like wow that's a great result About that you know took x y and Z effort yeah um, and it also just doesn't show what went into it like we've said you know there's and that can be good or bad like it doesn't show all the positive benefits, the kind of mental health, you know, the confidence that you get, like there is something to be said for setting yourself a goal, whether that's fat loss or not, muscle gain, whatever it might be, there's something to be said for setting that goal and then smashing the granny out of it. Like that that kind of seeps into all areas of your life. It just gives you so much confidence and self-belief. And you can't show that with a transformation photo. No. On the other hand, you know, I can put together two two photos of me before bodybuilding and then, you know, on my show day, And you can't see that my kind of hormones are absolutely downregulated, that I don't have a period, I'm at, you know, risk of being infertile, that I don't sleep. You don't see those things in that picture. So it's kind of both of those sides to it. I think there's both sides of that coin where you don't see the negative or the positive kind of implications of them. However, like that one that you've got there of me being super lean and then now, kind of now, which to be honest, because between now there's about 11 kilogram difference, which you wouldn't really know, but that's the whole point of like, it's always bigger to smaller. It's never smaller to bigger.
2: Yeah.
1: Whereas this transformation for me was one of the most important and the one that impacted my health in the most positive way. Like I needed to put that weight on. I needed to get my period back. I needed to kind of have that body fat to be functioned optimally, to train better, to sleep better. Mm-hmm. um and I think stuff like that is helpful because it just shows you know there's nothing negative or inherently bad about gaining weight you know sometimes that is going to be the thing that you need to do it's not always about oh losing body fat will make you healthier no not it won't always make you healthier. it didn't make me healthier mm-hmm. um, so I think yeah. in that in that way it can be really helpful but like we say you have to give context. if you're going to post them you 100% have to be completely honest, and like you mentioned earlier, not just say, "Oh, this person absolutely smashed it." It's like you know what? Actually, this person really struggled. We had to have quite a few diet breaks. This person's struggling X, Y, and Z, so we had to work around this, this, and this, because it's not always plain sailing for everybody. So I think yeah. the context is a really important part of it. Yeah, and
0: I, I think I think even from a from a from a coach's standpoint, as soon as I started really doing that. Like people get a lot more actually, if you look at this from a, a buy-in perspective and people buy into you, is that if you've gotten someone, they can really actually resonate with a story more than they can a picture. Yes, initially they might like that might draw them in, like, oh, I kind of look like that right now. I would like to look like that. But yeah. then at least then they're seeing. And I think you need to as well, um, I'm sure I'm sure you do, but I, at the start, I kind of try my best to paint. A picture of potentially the struggles that might happen and and things so that the clients are then almost foreseeing them coming and then you can then deal with them better rather than think oh my god I need to stop everything rather than like
1: because yeah. then
0: it's just adjusting their perspective like we are going to come across hurdles that shouldn't yeah. put you off starting though
1: yeah definitely and it's like you'll see them you see them now I get my clients message me a lot and they go can you just explain to me how and, and it'll say it'll have a picture of a girl, typically, and it'll say something like 1,100 calories um, and she'll be maybe quite lean and then yeah. the next one, it'll be like, she's not really gaining any body fat but she's all of a sudden got like huge glutes and huge shoulders and it's like, now she's on like 2,800 calories and she's doing less cardio and, and less training. Yeah. So like you haven't given the context there. How can she be eating more calories but hasn't gained any body fat? And it's like, because yeah. what they haven't mentioned is when she was on 1100 calories she was actually massively overeating on the weekend she was binge eating she was stuck in a cycle so over the week she was way over her calories and you know she wasn't sticking to anything she was doing now she's actually sticking to her calories she's training harder she's expending more energy because she's probably moving more she's not fatigued you know that's the kind of thing that people need to give context on because it can be really frustrating when you're like well why can't i do that why why haven't i got that situation
0: yeah yeah i, th- I think it's, it's a really easy thing to start as well like even just blaming like oh my metabolism this and that like yeah. Yeah, yes me- metabolic adaptation is a thing but for the majority of people it's not really going to be the case it's more the fact that if you look at your weekends you break stuff down and um, it's it the fact that you use like i use with my clients like a calorie bank accounts so it means that if they've got something say they've got a goal that, that is a few weeks away and they still want yeah. and to get a wedding to go to they don't freak out they know yeah. that, that there can be some stuff there. But if you're if you're doing that to extreme, like anything, if you're doing it to extreme every single week, you as you say, you're in a cycle and yeah. that's where you're going to feel as if you're just constantly dieting and you're waiting for yeah. the weekend rather than having a bit more consistency with what you're doing for a, a period of time. And then you actually realise you can be on higher calories. Because the amount of times I give my clients the calories that start like that's more I'm eating right now. I'm like, guarantee it's not.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. It's just that you're not sticking to what you're eating now and then I give you more calories and mentally you've got more food, so you stick to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, there, yeah. and there's not as many kind of binges and stuff, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So next one was first-hand experience and client experience. Um, So what would you say to a client who came, uh, came on board and was inspired to join after, uh, a before and after, like so they'd seen you before and after or a before and after and went, I want to look like that like what would be your kind of like I'm sure you probably experienced something like that what would be your approach to to them not to not to say to them okay that's not a goal like how would you bring them around in terms of adjusting their perspective
1: yeah I think it's a difficult one but if they've come to you and they are at the point that they they are like yeah okay I want to work with this person they obviously must have, must have some trust in you and they must respect your opinion so i think it's just about using like so many open questions to just really pull out of them what it is that they really want because it won't be that they want to look like you and it won't be that they want that transformation there's going to be something in the line that's deeper and i think you have to kind of dig into that and also like it is our job to gauge their expectations and then reset them like you say without going yeah that's that's not going to happen it's giving context it's like okay I've got this client that's managed to do this, but this is their lifestyle. I've got this other client that's done it a bit slower. There's pros and cons. And, you know, we speak about 90 day challenges and not doing things to extreme, but you and I have had clients that do come to me and go, I want to get in and out as quick as I can. Like I'm not bothered about dieting for six months. I want to do it in six weeks. And I've got a couple of kilos to lose. I'm not bothered about being a bit hungry and being a bit more strict. And you know, if you know that they've got a really good relationship with food, they've potentially done it before, you know you're not going to like psychologically harm them by putting them in a bit of a harsher deficit and making them work a bit harder. And you know that you've got a plan to come out the, back, the, the other side of it. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't do a bit more of an aggressive kind of diet. Yeah. If you have someone that comes to you and goes, right, I want to lose 10 kilo six weeks, let's do it. And you know that the yo-yo diet for the past six months, you know that they're not in a very good place with their body image. They're not in a very good place in relationship with food. You hundred percent know that's going to make it worse. Yeah, you have to kind of then have those conversations, and it's it can be quite uncomfortable, but it is important, like you said, not to go. That's not going to happen. It's like let's make it more realistic because if you do it that way, and you can go to another coach and try and do it that way, you are going to suffer and it's going to be unnecessary. And the fact of the matter is, if if they don't work with you and they go to another coach, Mm -hmm. that coach might potentially do something that does make it worse for them. So it's not about saying, no, don't do that, or that's stupid, that's unrealistic, it's going okay. I'm hearing what you want and what you need, you know, but this would be my ideal way of doing it for you to protect all these other elements of health, because it's not just about, not even just physical and mental health, it's about other things, you know, their Mm -hmm. financial health, it's about their social health, their economic health, all these other things that tie into how they relate to food and the exercise. So yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, but I think you have to be confident that they've come to you for a reason and you can help them. You just might need to show them a different route.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think that's it. And I think um, when when you look at any sort of client, when whenever they come to you with, because you, you get the same stuff all the time, whether it's someone new or whatever, especially if you've been in the industry, um, a, a decent period of time. It's something that you you come across, and then you, you you kind of almost learn better responses to it that aren't as reactive. So you're not yep. as um kind of almost saying no, we're not doing that because then people get their back up a wee bit of that. It's more about, as you say, open ended question asking yep. them, making them kind of realise. Uh, I actually had experienced this a, a couple of weeks ago with a client. We kind of started stuff off a wee bit slower, but he's like, "Mate, I just I kind of just want to push them finding this all right and then I was just kind of apprehensive and I was like you know what let's just do it but I just want to make clear to you it might be a bit harder your energy might be a wee bit lower um but we need a plan at the other end of it and I just it's 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 that as well and but the only other the negative towards that is everything kind of is about the the physical transformation so like is that affecting their it's hard. That's where um, I think that my next one is like that gray area. Like there is a bit of a gray area there. Like could you, even though it is only six, eight weeks that you're, you're giving it a, a real push for, could you be like affecting because they're looking at the scales or looking at their body and every, every single week, you really need to have a solid structure in the way back out. Otherwise it's, it's kind of almost detrimental to do that.
1: Yeah. And I think, that's that's the kind of thing you know when we talked about what what are you measuring then because I think you've got to have both subjective objective you've got to have those things of you know how are you sleeping how you you know what's your mood like day to day what's your stress levels like but also there is going to have to be some form of measuring these other metrics like whether it's weighing and I think this comes down to knowing the person in front of you getting as much information as possible but also for me letting them kind of decide sometimes yeah. and sometimes it's the wrong decision sometimes i had to say to my clients i really think we should stop waiting because look at this pattern that you're going through and then they go ah oh, yeah maybe you're right maybe i am kind of self-sabotaging because i'm not really i'm not able to remove the emotion from these fluctuations especially with female clients yeah. And some of them I'll come into the consultation and say, please don't make me weigh myself because other coaches have them. I'm not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. You know, yeah. this is your decision. How is your relationship with scales? If you stepped on them tomorrow and they've gone up, what would be your reaction? And then you gauge it from there. So I think you can give them options the same as anything. Like this is, this could be your training split. How many days do you want to train? We can do this, this or this. What do you think is realistic? I think a three day full body split. It could be the same with anything. What yeah. do you think you would like to use? Do you want to use? photos I don't need to see them you can use them and put them together I'm not going to post them anywhere you know that's the kind of thing yeah Yeah. we don't want to be using before and afters just to promote our business but there's no reason why the clients can't take them do you want to use an old pair of jeans that you want to fit into or ones that are a bit tight let's use them and try them on every you know twice a week or whatever do you want to just measure yourself or do you want to just focus on the other things how are you sleeping how are you feeling are you ticking off these daily helpful habits you know, get enough protein, drink enough water. Are those things going to be more beneficial? And that, that's when it comes down to knowing the, the individual in front of you. Like, what is it that they want? Because some people yeah. are just like, I'm cool, just knowing that I'm getting leaner and that's yeah. fine. And you'll know in check ins, week in, week out if you are potentially making things difficult for them or yeah. they're running into problems and, you know, actually, I think this is going to damage their relationship with food or body image.
0: Yeah. And vice versa. Uh- I think it's definitely, as you say, person-dependent. Like, I had, a, I had a call last week, I kind
1: of
0: get on a stop call with, with a few clients um, like in a small group and one of them said, and they all started nodding their heads, uh, the one person that did say, the other girls started nodding their heads and it was that, so I do uh, check-ins and stuff. Every week with a live check-in but i don't do like metrics or anything it's more to do with and then at the end of the month that's when we'll maybe do like photos or whatever and and this particular client basically said that she didn't really do she wasn't really doing the stuff to to her her, our best capacity over the first few days maybe week and then she was like oh my my check-in my photos aren't going to look any different in three weeks so i'll just wait until september to to do any of this the, the stuff properly so that's that's their only kind of gauge and like progress or whatever and I I think that's that that's then a person that then needs to deal better with their headspace versus um just the the photos and stuff so that's where you need to have that separation
1: definitely and like you know you can look at the research people that kind of engage in exercise or try Mm -hmm. and engage in healthy habits ones that do it solely for appearance-based reasons tend to have worse outcomes there's got to be other things tied to it you know whether it's a performance goal whether you're measuring their strength in the gym you know whether it's you know let's improve your deadlift or let's get a pull-up or whatever it might be having some other goals pardon me not just metric goals that you're working towards that you know there are steps you've got to do to get there is going to keep you kind of engaged and adherent. If it's just about the way that you look and you, you don't think the way that you look is changing, of course you're not going to carry on. Why would you?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think um, as well, just lastly, there is obviously a gray area here with some clients, I think, that they just don't do the, the right things that you tell them to do. So they just don't do it. A yeah. lot of that could come down to a million different reasons, limiting beliefs. Um so they only do 50% of the thing because they only think they're only they're they only they do not actually believe they're going to get the results. So yeah. um whether they think you can or you can't, you're right, you'll do those yeah. actions to to put that in place. And I think um sometimes they do just need to hear that, like if they were to actually do the stuff, and then even if they were to do the before and after photos, I or the progress photos, let's say, every month, they would see the difference, especially the people that potentially have. For instance, I have a client who's with another coach and um, she got some really good habits with this coach, really good kind of, and um, she's vegan, so really good recipes and the stuff. She learned how to live like a proper vegan lifestyle, but she made zero fat loss progress within a year. Um, and she's made more progress with me, but not major amounts has changed other than the fact that we started actually tracking calories to make sure she's in a deficit and also tracking some photos and I think sometimes because if you get a longer way to go, it means that you feel as if, oh, I feel a bit better. So she probably did in that year and make some progress, but then gained it because she'd had no way of telling herself that actually visually she is making progress. So that is where the grey area is, and that's where there isn't, I guess, or an no that There is obviously times where it's beneficial and times where it's not.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think... So when I used to mentor uh, personal trainers we used to talk about this a lot and it kind of triggered a lot of people but you know we would kind of brainstorm different things that we came up against for clients you know whether it was through adherence or you know barriers to their kind of results and some things would come back like you know they're not doing the training away from me like when they come to sessions or when they're not with me they don't do their own training or you know they're not tracking their calories when they say they will x y and z and and you know a lot of the time it's on you as the coach it's like because you're dictating at them you're not you're not you know you haven't sat down and gone what do you think will be the right you know option let's plan together you're telling someone to track calories that has no idea about energy balance has no idea how to use my fitness pal doesn't really spend much time on their phone yet you want them to track calories or you know you've given someone a five day upper lower body split yeah. And they're not that confident in the gym and they don't have five days to train. Of course, they're not going to do the training you. They don't fucking like it. That's yeah. the kind of difference. You've got to sit down. Again, it comes back to being individual and go, okay, what is going to be realistic? What is your biggest barrier? Why are you not doing X, Y, and Z? Let's pick it apart. And, and it's just coming up with solutions to all those barriers and picking realistic things, not going, okay, here's 10 things, go away and implement them. It's like, okay, this week, focus on these two next week let's see if that sticks week after is that still going cool let's focus on something else and and that's kind of how I work with my clients is we do check in every week and I have a video call with them every week and it is very much just picking a couple of things not overwhelming them letting them kind of leave with it like what do you realistically think you can implement out of these things that we need to improve or you want to improve and that's that's kind of where you have to go sometimes people just aren't ready to change and that is on them and yeah. we we can, you know, give them the tools and have the conversations, but if they're not implementing it, they're not implementing it. But I think sometimes it's just again taking it back to the beginning, having that conversation and letting them almost lead with it. Like these are the things that I'm suggesting. These are different options, but what's going to be realistic for you, do you think
0: is giving yeah. them that autonomy? Yeah, 100 percent It's you can't you can't force anyone to do it. Um no. I, I spoke up this to my clients the other day. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, is is ego beliefs um and you have the the parent the adult and the child and if you almost kind of dictate to them uh what what you need them to do or or what they should be doing they feel like basically that they're then the child and you're you're the parent you're giving them into trouble and there's a disconnect whereas if you approach them like an adult like and you're you're speaking to them with open-ended questions you're helping them understand it and you're having an adult conversation then that you get better results and that's ultimately, once I started discovering a bit more about that, like you start to realize that actually in every single, comp- not even just as a coach, there's other e- elements yeah. of that in terms of the way you communicate to anyone that you start yes. to pick up things. And I think that's why I think as uh, like with when I done that kind of mental health and exercise course, I think when I'm like, no, I shouldn't be staying in my own lane, Once you start, to I'm, I'm, you're not claiming to be a therapist, but mm-hmm. once you understand these things, it can allow you to, build up a more empathetic, better relationship with other people past even just coaching. So it is, is definitely a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Um, so I guess we will do a, a quick one on social media and then we'll go, because I'm obviously aware on time as well. And then just a wee overview um, and then a, a couple of kind of random questions, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So social media, social media. Obviously, everyone knows is, like, everyone does know this. Um, even though they kind of forget sometimes, it is a highlight reel of everyone's life. So, like, very rarely you have someone call like post something negative, and and if they do, like who genuinely goes on to like when they're actually really down and crying, like goes on and go. I better tell everyone I'm crying. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know? So like, whenever I have like. <laughs> if ever I've been like depressed like years and years ago um, the last thing I would have went social media wasn't a huge thing then but uh, the last thing I would have thought is that I wanted to show everyone that um, so maybe some people but I just don't think that that's so even even the bad I think you can, a lot of people share their lessons maybe but like people that share that the bad I think sometimes that is for attention itself so so i think um actually i'm kind of going off off topic from from what the slide says here um (laughs) um, but challenges versus like the seamless journey we kind of touched on it earlier on i think where we look at it in terms of um people's highlight reels versus actually normalizing the 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 poorer stages that clients go through um, and the lessons that they they've got i think that's definitely a, a big thing in terms of not having like, if regardless of whether you're doing it for six weeks, six months, six years, there there is going to be bumps in the road throughout your whole journey for the rest of your life. There's going to be bumps in the road, so yeah, that's something that you need to get comfortable with pulling back.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think you know we do have a responsible uh, responsibility ourselves as coaches to, like we've said before, be more honest, be more forthcoming. You know, show that you know you're human, but your clients are human because. It actually is quite, you know, alienating. If you have somebody come to your page or your business or whatever, and it's just perfect, 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 six-week results, nine-week results, like, that isn't a great business card for you because people are going to think, well, Jesus, I can't I can't do that. That's so unrealistic. Yeah. So I think there is that responsibility on us. And, but there's also that responsibility on you as a user. When you open up social media to know that's filtered. Yeah, that's Photoshop. That sounds unrealistic. It probably is like, okay, somebody's used Boombard and lost 20 stone in 10 weeks. It's probably not the healthiest way to do it. Like, I do think we can't always be like, okay, we need to do this. We need to be honest and we need to be forthcoming. There has to be some element of you need to have that lens when you go on social media, that what you're seeing is essentially the best of the best, the best bits. And like you said, someone's sharing something bad it's probably for information's sake, maybe attention's sake. And yeah, it might be really helpful, but even then they're still not showing the lowest part, like the lowest days. And I think for you, if you're somebody that is maybe struggling with your relationship with food or your body image or any kind of mental health issues, social media is probably not gonna be the place that you want to be inputting your time. Yeah. if you know that you're having a bad body image day, like my clients, I work a lot with them on their body image. If you're having a bad body image day, the worst thing you can do is go and open an app full of edited and filtered pictures of people on holiday and living their best life when you're sitting there feeling like shit, because all you're going to do is make yourself feel worse. Same with your mental health, you know, same if you're having a bad day training. And when I was coming out of bodybuilding, I really, really was struggling with, you know, disordered eating, body dysmorphia. And for me, I had to go and filter out all of those people that I had in my circle. You know, I wasn't like blocking people or unfriending people, but, I was muting people and I was making my feed more diverse and I was following people that weren't just all obsessed with bodybuilding because I needed that for my headspace. And mm-hmm. that was on me. I couldn't then go to people that were bodybuilding and go, stop posting photos if you lean." You know, that's that unrealistic yeah. to say that, but the responsibility was on me that I knew that it was affecting me and it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't helping me move forward. So I think it comes both ways. You know, we need to be more transparent. Yeah. People need to be more I guess thick skin and just know like when the right time is to dip your toe into it and when the right time is to go, you know what, I'm not going to not, not on social media today, I'm going to go and spend time with family or going to go outdoors or whatever yeah. it might be.
0: Exactly, yeah, you've got a responsibility there to, mm. to actually, because it's not just on the fact that, like, and I think sometimes people completely go off it as well. They go, oh, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go on social media. And then I've seen this before, people went, I'm taking a break from social media, right? And then they just went back and done the same thing that they always do with social media in a month's time it's like well what have you learned like they've actually yeah. uh, like this one particular girl and um, like kid on influencer Um, i'll not say who it is right but i actually know who she is and she <laughs> she done a, a post to say that she had such a bad experience with, with social media or whatever like and she needs to take a break from it and then she, in the next vlog or whatever she done was like, I'm back. I'm like, but you didn't say what you learned from your time <laughs> off.
1: Yeah.
2: So
0: what are people going to take away from that? That sometimes you just need to sporadically take a break from it and like. Yeah. Th- there's no
1: hissy fit. Like if someone offends you, you, just throw a hissy fit and leave.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely uh, a point. A point worth noting is that, like, even though, even though you're you're speaking about social media and potentially being negative that doesn't mean completely throw it in the bin there is obviously yeah. benefits to it and it's entertainment yeah, and, and all that sort of stuff and, and for businesses it's huge and stuff as well so it doesn't mean to say completely throw it throw it in the back burner it just means you need to yeah. learn it's like your weight just because just because um you can't control your you feel as if you can't control chocolate that doesn't mean to say you never have it the rest of your life you, yeah. just, you can learn how to how to do that um. Yeah. so yeah so I guess just a bit of an overview now and then we'll finish with a couple of questions uh, overview then for coaches and clients so we'll go coaches first Um, uh, an overview for coaches for any advice for them in terms of just the topic before and after photos uh, for future then
1: I think it, it just comes to actually being a coach like we need to we need to take a step back and like you said, be more empathetic. Like we are the authority in our areas. Like we are the person that people are coming to because they want our guidance, but that's all it should be. It's not about dictating. It's not about saying you must, you know, do these for and after pictures or using that all the time. If that client wants to, then they can. That's great. I think it's about gauging that person, their past experiences, whether it's with dieting or the coaches or, you know, just understanding what they're fixating on. And if you need to kind of push them towards concentrating on other things, because like we said, it, it's not a positive headspace to be in when all you are focused on is the physical result and the physical change. Yeah. So I think just being as kind of open with that as you can and trying to, to lead them into, yes, they've got autonomy, but also that, you know, opening their eyes to some other things that they should potentially focus on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of ask, asking kind of open-ended questions. At the start, I think, with your clients, um, what because then you're framing the re- relationship right, and then, then from the start, people have this expectation because if I've said something to a client and I've done this in the past, like, yep, yep, we can definitely in 90 days' time transform you completely, but then something's happened four weeks in, and then they've got frustrated to the fact that four weeks in, They've had two or three weeks of like not great, and then they're like, oh my God, I'm three weeks behind. And I'm like you've got the rest of your life, mate. Come on, I'm like, let's get back back to it. So it's more about that. And um, I think just yes. framing that to your clients as well. In terms of actual clients, so let's say, for instance, you've not got a coach. Um, and then we'll, we'll say if you do have a coach. So if you've not got a coach in terms of looking for a coach, when you look at influencers, people that you cannot relate to, but maybe look fantastic on 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 the on Instagram or whatever, they may not be the coach for you. It doesn't mean to say they won't, but they may not be the coach for you because that relatability factor, they might be a bit of a drill sergeant, a dictator, and that's probably not what you need. So when you're actually, if you feel as if you've been going from gym to gym, coach to coach, probably you need to do a bit of digging to who you might resonate with, what are they about, and that's what you need to relate to. And that's kind of probably the coach for you. I guess if you do have a coach or you're, or you're one of my clients in terms of, if you have been like focusing so much on um, the before and after photo, probably um, you need to maybe take a step back and think about what yeah. you actually want. Um, and a big thing I'm actually, for my event on Saturday my clients when to be speaking about the seven steps of why, so people can actually figure out their, yeah. their why and actually understand um, a wee bit more about that so that they can, relate to what they're actually getting out of bed for in the morning it's not to get a six pack. Or it's not to lose five stone or whatever that's maybe the byproduct of the, the other stuff so anything else to add on that before i ask you some questions
1: i think i think that the thing you nailed it I, the, the biggest kind of problem that i come up against especially working with my kind of clientele with women that have you know bad body image issues poor relationship with food is that they come to me and they think that Need to just change the way that they look to improve all these other things, and that's not the case. And actually, when they start with that, you know, they're making change from the wrong place, you're doing it for the wrong reason, you're doing it for this outside opinion, this outside perspective, or this societal expectation. When actually, you need to sit with yourself and figure out what is actually going to make you happy, and what are you going to gain from doing that? You know, if you are going to gain things in your life from changing the way you look or losing weight, then great. But if it's going to make you worse off, then maybe you better focus on something else that isn't just that physical before and after. So I definitely think connecting with your why is a really important one.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it doesn't happen overnight. I think that's something that's a bit of a reiteration. It changes all the time. But um, as long as you're comfortable with that. Uh, Next or lastly, uh, some questions. Um, so I'll probably, I'll ask you the, the kind of usual guest questions and then what, a question on my, one of my clients had um, yeah. from the live on Monday. So usual guest questions. I'll stop the stop the share because her face is fr- was freaking me out a bit on <laughs> <laughs> um, the slides. Uh, so usual, usual guest questions is, first one is, if you could give yourself advice um, before, Covid hit and we went into lockdown and all this madness over the last year and a half to two years. What would you? What would this? What What would you tell previous Sky or would you do anything differently?
1: I wouldn't do anything differently. No, I think um, for me personally, the whole COVID lockdown thing it gave me a bit of a kick up the arse to do something that I was maybe a bit apprehensive to do. And mm-hmm. um, at the time, I was in like my dream role. I was mentoring PTs, but that was um, just like a temporary role. We weren't, we weren't sure if it was going to stay. So we worked for Pure Gym and there were six of us going around the country. So then COVID hit and they ended our contracts, put us back into gym manager roles. And I knew that I didn't want to do that, mm-hmm. but not having the opportunity to go back, and know for sure that I didn't want to do that. I probably would have maybe stayed within a company or not, not gone back to being self-employed, when really that is what I did want to do. Yeah. So it gave me the kind of kick up the backside to do that. But maybe I think I would just tell myself to have more confidence and, you know, go with my gut because I did think deep down that that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to take my nutrition qualification and go ahead and start coaching people. But I think I'd been out the game like a few years of like one-to-one coaching people that I just kind of thought, no one's going to want to work with me. I haven't been doing this for very long. Like, why would someone come to me? So I think, yeah, for me, it would just be go with your gut and definitely... Believing yourself a bit more you're never going to be ready for something never there's never going to be a perfect time you literally have to do it and people always go oh you know i'm waiting until this or that or you know i want to feel a bit more motivated it's like the only thing that's going to motivate you is action action you know breeds motivation motivation yeah. doesn't normally breed action all of the time so yeah
0: that'd be yeah my yeah that and i guess what you were saying is just there like uh there's a difference between motivation and motive you need you need yeah. the motive. so you, you you need to figure out your motive and your vision and I think for you, obviously, the comfort was in staying within a job role versus of yeah. self-employed, and nothing changes within your comfort zone. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's huge. Uh, last one's not as deep as that. Um, <laughs> oh, it depends on way you look at it. it's, it's pretty difficult. Um, if you were to only have three meals for the rest of your life, um, what would they be? You could only eat them breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
1: All right, breakfast is easy because I kind of have the same thing every day, but it's probably going to be like a bagel avocado and eggs, because you've got everything there. I, to yeah. me, that is a balanced meal. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then lunch, I would probably go with mince pies. I absolutely love mince pies. I'm, like, low-key obsessed. Um, and then dinner would probably be pizza, because, again, I feel like you can balance that one out quite well. You know, if you've got the right I'm
2: toppings. I'm checking on it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. A bit of protein, carbohydrate, you get your cheese, you get your fat. I think I could survive off that.
0: Yeah, interesting. I'm interested in the mince pie one. To be fair, <laughs> um, not I've not had that before. Um, okay. Last question was from a client that mm-hmm. um was asking about menopause, and I know that's a, a um kind of area that you're kind of pretty uh, confident in, and kind of I've taught and I've done and I've been in one of the, the the ones that you've kind of spoke at. So I thought it was a good opportunity to ask you. It. Um, so the the question was around um, protein intake with menopause and is that something that she should be looking at? And also she felt as if she wasn't um, making as much progress as she wanted, to, even though diet was pretty good. But then obviously on reflection, I, I'd said this to you, I went into my fitness pal, there's a few days unlogged and not very, like what would be your advice for for her f- from, from both of those perspectives in terms of consistency and in terms of uh, menopause itself?
1: Yeah, um, wicked. So yeah, menopause is a really difficult one um, because there is so much that kind of happens as a consequence in this change in our hormones and there's so many different symptoms and it can be very, very different woman to woman. Um, I think the key thing is, I'm gonna to touch on the, the kind of weight loss bit first, is that I think a lot of women get it into their head that that's it. You reach menopause, you're kind of broken and everything doesn't work as well and it's gonna be so much slower, it's gonna be so much more difficult you know, like we've kind of touched on, no one sits outside of this rule of thermodynamics. Nobody sits outside of calories in versus calories out. So it's not like your metabolism is suddenly like broken and it just falls apart. It's not like your body suddenly goes, nope, we don't lose fat anymore. That's not the case. What happens is we have all these things going on with our lifestyle. Like we don't sleep as well. We have a night sweats. We potentially aren't moving as much. Your appetite increases. You know, you've got the shift in estrogen, and estrogen helps to regulate appetite. Mm-hmm. You might subconsciously be eating more without realizing because subconsciously are a little bit more hungry. You know, you might have low mood. You put all those things and package them up. If you're going through that, it's very easy for you to be moving less and eat a little bit more without realizing, which can then contribute to a little bit of weight gain. And then you're like, oh my God, what's happening? Nothing's changed. So I think bearing in mind that if you feel like, oh, I'm finding it harder to lose weight, it's not about physiologically you're broken, it's about look at your behaviours. Are your behaviours subconsciously sabotaging you, Uh, uh, you know, potentially looking at it that way, you know, you have got these things happening to you and that's not your fault and it's not that you're lazy or you've changed anything, it is about the awareness. And then if you know, okay, maybe I am maybe eating a little bit more, I'm not maybe tracking as much as I, or as accurately as I could be, then you, you're going to kind of be in a good place to
0: change it.
1: Yeah, make those changes. And also another thing is that what we see with women that go through the menopause is because of the way that estrogen affects where we store fat. Once you go through the menopause, where you store fat starts to change, regardless of if you gain body fat. So we, we normally have this kind of pear shape. Um, and my mum's a prime example of this. My mom, she, nothing has changed in her lifestyle. She's still super active. She's quite a slim woman. She doesn't carry much body fat, but she started to find that like her jeans were getting tighter and she was having to like go up a notch on her belt. And she was like, oh my God, I must be gaining weight. But she actually wasn't. She weighed exactly the same. Yeah. But where she stored fat, normally in her bum and her thighs, was moving to more of this pear, sh- um, apple shape. So that's what we see with women with, uh, going through the menopause is that this change in hormones means we go from this pear shape to a more apple shape. So imagine that you do feel like things are getting tight and they are getting type of change in, in your head that then translates to oh my god I'm gaining weight why am I gaining weight when nothing's changed so I think bearing that in mind that your body shape may change doesn't mean that you can't then continue to lose body fat
2: yeah um,
1: so hopefully that clears some things up for everybody like you're still in the same position as someone pre-menopausal it's just that yes it may be more difficult because of the things that you're going through sleep deprivation all that kind of thing it's not that you're actually broken yeah And then in terms of protein, it is probably a really good idea to increase your protein intake. As we get older, we generally lose muscle mass anyway. So it is something that you want to think about anyway, just kind of increasing that protein intake to kind of offset some of that. But it just that menopause does speed up that process, you know, sarcopenia, that age-related muscle loss. So you are going to want to go to the upper kind of end range, you know, something like two grams per kilogram um, is going to be a really good shout. And of course, again with the whole appetite regulation we know that protein helps with appetite and hunger so that's going to be something else that is going to be really helpful for you so yeah, yeah. she's buying on the money with the protein intake
0: yeah massive massive awesome um thank you so much for for coming on and answering all that and getting a good conversation i, I always i always go through these slides and I, when i make them up i'm like oh, is that going to be enough to talk about but then instead of putting in more i think that nah. Like yeah. I, I, you'll be able to speak about it. There's
1: always tangents, isn't there?
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But no, I think I think I think we brought it down, and I think we obviously covered the majority of the bases that that Alan had covered. So thank you so much for coming on. So I guess for people who want to to find you or kind of like resonate with a lot of the stuff you said, where where's where's best to find you? Instagram.
1: Yeah, Instagram's probably the best place. So uh, my handle is at sky s k y Elizabeth dot coaching and that is where you will find me spending quite a lot of time probably too much time but
0: (laughs) yeah as long as long as you 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 save um advice you were (laughs) given but yeah thank you so much for coming on and and yeah thanks for listening guys we'd love to hear from you if you feel free to either message both of us or tag us share it on your stories we want to hear and um, especially if you've been listening this long you must have taken some sort of, unless you're some sort of weirdo, just <laughs> listens to it and um, you must have taken some sort of value from it so thanks for coming on and we will see you in the next one bye